Welcome to the Gauntlet of Gaming, where these hands are rated E for everyone. My name is Malik. I'm Santiago. And, well, I guess there's just the two of us this time. I guess so. You know, we have a saying where I'm from. It'd be like that sometimes. But like that all the time. Yeah. No, so uh, today's topic, we're talking about Final Fantasy. And unfortunately, when it comes to Final Fantasy, John and Francis aren't the most in-depth when it comes to knowledge. So I don't, think any, I don't think either of them have ever played a Final Fantasy game. I think John's played Crisis Core because he had a PSP, and I actually swear that he had Crisis. I think he played Dissidia as well. Really? Yeah. I, I think back in the duh, when we used to play the PSP and not the PS Vita, uh, I think John and I both had a copy of Crisis Core and Dissidia. Like the original Dissidia. He played Crisis Core, but hasn't played 7. Have you played 7? I've watched people play 7. Have you played 7? I've never owned a PlayStation 2. Then shut up. I, at least I watched it. It was on a PlayStation 1. Was it? Oh, 1. Sorry. <sighs> Soon there My will be My first PlayStation one. was a PS4, alright? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, because of them not really being as well endowed with knowledge of Final Fantasy, we figured we'd give them this weekend off. So I'm sure you guys are listening. Hi. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be just me and Santi. It's going to be a pretty casual podcast. And we're pretty much just going to be mega nerds. Uh, yeah, pretty much something akin to when we had the Mass Effect podcast. Uh, but with, That whole discussion about the Final Fantasy. Yeah, but now with the JRPG. So, yeah, I mean, we're the Gauntlet of Gaming. By now, you all know the entire spiel. You can find us on YouTube at the Gauntlet of Gaming. That's most likely where you're listening to us, unless it's the future. And I somehow made, you know, managed to actually make this a podcast on, like, SoundCloud or Spotify. Uh, if you're listening to us that way, good job, future Mr. Williams. Uh, if you're listening to us on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. We know it can be difficult because, you know, YouTube and, you know, having to leave the tab open and all that. So we really appreciate the time that you take to do this. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at The Gauntlet of Gaming. That's where we usually post when a lot of our videos are going up. We also do the same thing on Instagram at The Gauntlet of Gaming. I think you're seeing the trend here. And you can also find us on Twitter, but not at the Gauntlet of Gaming. It is at the Gauntlet, and instead of an A, it's a 4. Someone decided that they wanted to take the Gauntlet from us. I couldn't possibly see why. But, you know, again, those thieves. It'd be like that sometimes. So, yeah, today's topic is Final Fantasy. Uh, mostly Final Fantasy hype and love. And this really comes because. Unfortunately, originally, Final Fantasy VII Remake was supposed to be coming out next week, but due to them needing time to polish the game and to make sure that everything is ready to go, and probably also because of the issues that came with the leaking of the demo, Final Fantasy VII Remake got pushed back to April 10th. And that's not really a bad thing, per se. There's a lot of games that got pushed back months further than that. Uh, there are games that we've seen that they'll be delayed and then they never come out at all. So the fact that we still have a very real release date, we're under 40 days away, close to that. Yeah, we're about almost under 40 days away from Final Fantasy VII Remake, which just feels unreal. Um, but we wanted to talk about Final Fantasy and talk about you know what we love, what gets us hyped about Final Fantasy, maybe even talk about something we don't like about Final Fantasy, so that way we just don't sound like we're you know kissing butt. Um, and then, yeah, we want to make sure that you're a part of this as well. So our question of the day is, 
what is something you love from the Final Fantasy franchise? Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy franchise. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired that my brain can't even calculate the words properly. Let's try this again. Our question of the day is what is something that you love from the Final Fantasy franchise? Which I swear I said right the first time. I think I did. I think I did too. You know what? It's just one of those nights. Uh, but yeah, so let's jump right into like the very first thing that a lot of people go to when it comes to Final Fantasy, and that's characters. Probably one of the most prominent thing about Final Fantasy, aside from its super cool logos, which I love so dearly, is the characters. They are the characters that we see when they're guest appearances in other games. They're the designs of these characters that have them stand out and be themselves. So, Santi, my question for you is who is your favorite Final Fantasy character? Um, it's probably Fang from 13. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I crap on the combat system of 13, it's still probably my favorite Final Fantasy game. Mm -hmm. Just because I really like just the world building, the story, the characters from that. Of the characters from 13, everybody's the popular ones is like she's the face of 13. Yeah. But Fang is great. She uses a spear, mm -hmm. and the design for the spear is just, it's so good. Uh, what I really like about Fang is that you can tell just from the way she is designed, like, it screams a lot of what her personality is, yeah. and how she's a character, and I love that. So, tell, me, tell us about the personality then of Fang, because I mean, I've played 13, and there's not a lot of people who maybe know who Fang is, and I know exactly what you mean by, like, her outfit shows the personality, but, like, tell us a little bit more. So, she's just, like, this super, like, like, I don't want to say, like, maybe, I don't want to say aggressive, but, like, intense mm -hmm. personality. She's very... Like a very powerful personality, she mm -hmm. knows what she what she's about. She knows what she wants, and she's very clear about what she's fighting for yeah. and what she's trying to do. Mm -hmm. So she's straightforward in that regard. But she also she also goes to certain lengths for the people she cares about. Mm -hmm. That doesn't always seem very apparent at first. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely when I had my time playing Final Fantasy thirteen, Fang was definitely one of the standout characters for me. And I was just really happy to see how her character grew throughout the game, even up until the ending. No spoilers. Uh, I don't want to really spoil anything when it comes to Final Fantasy. We might have to spoil something down the line. Um, but no, I think that everything, when it came to just like her character design, leading to really show her personality and how her personality grows, just made her a really fun character. And I think she was one of the things that kind of made me stick with 13, even though I agree, the gameplay made it very hard to to get through the game uh but no that's cool i i'm glad to see that we're giving some love to final fantasy 13 as much as people crap on it yeah as much as i crap on it yeah, but i still love that game you know it happens like if it wasn't for the gameplay which is a huge part it would i think would have done so well but hey not every you know not every game in a great franchise can be great that's so true sometimes they have to fall by the wayside uh and for me I mean, it's pretty obvious who my favorite Final Fantasy character is. Uh, I know some people, they get confused because, like, when we play Smash Bros, there's, like, I play Cloud a lot, and so they're like, oh, yeah, like, Cloud must be your favorite Final Fantasy character. No. Nope. And it's like, yeah, you're close, but not really. Uh, I, my favorite Final Fantasy character has to be Sephiroth. Uh, and the reason for it being Sephiroth, I mean, people know I'm edgy, so they know I really like those, like, tortured soul-type characters. Uh, but the thing for Sephiroth, what... I pump daddy yes. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that I was a big fan of Sephiroth 
when I played 7, or well, growing up watching my uncle play 7, and then eventually when I played it myself, I wasn't really made a big fan of Sephiroth because of that. I think what really made me a fan of Sephiroth would be the City of Final Fantasy and Crisis Core. Because with the City of Final Fantasy, I actually got to play as this character that was supposed to be very foreboding and, you know, very powerful. And when you play as him, you're like, oh god, he is going to murder everyone. Like, you feel the cool factor that is Sephiroth. And then you play Crisis Core, and you see Sephiroth. And the thing about Crisis Core is they play it off in the very beginning as if you played Final Fantasy VII. So you get surprised by Sephiroth, and you're like, well, hold on a second, is he going to kill me? Like, what's going on here? Do I have to fight? Like, do I have to kill you again? And then you realize that, like, no, this is a prequel, so Sephiroth's actually a good guy. And it's just trippy, because watching his character go through that spiral to what made him basically turn evil, it was just really, like, heart-wrenching, and it was hard to watch. Uh, and it was just like, dude, I feel for you. But you're still super cool, but I feel for you. And it just made me fall in love with the character, not just because, you know, he's shirtless at the end of Final Fantasy VII, and because he has a really big sword, but just because he's, character development-wise, he's just really cool. So, I have to give it to Sephiroth, which I know a lot of people do, but you know, it's whatever. It's not like we're fangirls or anything like that. No, you're just fanboys. <laughs> you ain't wrong. <laughs> Gosh, you're so mean to me. So, yeah, yeah, you are. It goes both ways. <laughs> so, interesting thing though is like, because I talk about Sephiroth, right? And the only thing more iconic than Sephiroth is his theme song. The music. One of Final Fantasy. Yeah, like, if there's one thing that is more iconic than the actual characters of Final Fantasy, it is most definitely the music. So, then I pass on this question to you. What's your favorite song from Final Fantasy? Uh, my favorite song is actually the main theme from Final Fantasy XV. Really? I love it a lot. Like the theme they use if you if you pre-ordered it, you got that special background. Mm -hmm. That music is so good. But why? I just I just love it so much. <laughs> it's just so just the progression of the song because mm -hmm. like I I had it from my background for so long until DMC5 dropped and I got that back mm -hmm. But just the, how orchestral it is and just the way the song progresses, yeah, it's like, mm, so good. Mm -hmm. My second favorite is another 15 song. It's not original, it's a cover yeah. of Stand By Me by Florence and the Machines. Yes. So Such a good, good way to open the game. So good. Like, I love 13, and as much as I, I crap on 15 too, mm -hmm. more than I do 13, that opening has to be one of my favorite openings to any game of all time. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, 100%. Uh, funny enough for me, for my favorite song, it's hard. Like, it's really hard. Because it's, it's not One Winged Angel? It's, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, One Winged Angel is cool. Uh, I actually prefer the covers of One Winged Angel over the original, to be honest. The covers just make it feel a lot more intense and foreboding. Uh, and as much as Final Fantasy VII has really good music, the music in Final Fantasy VII, strangely, like there are some songs that don't follow this, but what I'm about to say is like similar. Uh, a lot of Final Fantasy VII's music I would consider to be experimental, where it doesn't really fit into the, I would say the thematical sound that is Final Fantasy from the earlier games. 
and even in the later games. Like when you get to 15, it has that fantasy feeling again. But when you're playing 7, it has a lot of like that sci-fi feeling to it. Well, I mean, 7 is more sci-fi than is fantasy anyway. Precisely. And so that's why it's like, it's still good music, but it's not my favorite. And funny enough, my favorite song would be Fethos, Lusek, Likos, Vinosek from Final Fantasy VIII. And only reason why is because the fact that it just feels intense. Like, it's one of the, it starts off very calm with, you know, a singular choir member singing. Uh, and of course the name of the song are the words and the song itself. But it's like, it grows to be intense and the air just becomes palpable whenever the song is playing. And it's kind of just this feeling of like, oh no, we need to like take care of business now or we're all going to die. And it just, I, it's one of those songs that I just really like. Um, and I feel like it's a song that whenever I'm playing like any video game and something intense is happening, I just hear in the background, Ethos. And I apologize, my voice is like so, like so bad right now because I'm sick. Uh, but you just hear the echoes. You're like, wait, why do I hear boss music? We go, so you're like, oh no. So it's just one of those songs where it's like, it just gets to you when you're listening to it. Um, and I guess since you brought up kind of like a secondary song, I'll bring up another one. And it's actually, oh man, there's so many good songs. Uh, I guess there's like a tie for second place for me. The tie would go to Dancing Mad from Final Fantasy VI. Which is like a super long orchestra. Ooh. Like it's a super long orchestra, and it's so cool because it just has so many different beat changes, uh, and it's just it's just really cool. Um, my second that's like tied with this is Cantata Mortis and God and Fire from the City of Duodecim, and I'm not I'm pretty sure that it's the City of Duodecim, not the original, because this is the main theme for Feral Chaos, and it's like. It's kind of the same thing as Fethos, Lusek, Wikos, Venosek, where it starts off kind of small and then it picks up. But the thing about Cantata Mortis, so Cantata Mortis is the first half where it's very like angelic choir, Final Fantasy-esque style singing. And then God and Fire, it like ramps up to this like heavy rock music That's pretty lit. with like female vocals. And it's like so, it's like super intense. Like if you're playing the city and you're playing on a PSP, so you have this tiny little device in your big old man hands, and you're fighting this creature that could like stomp your face in, and you're just like, why is this calm music playing during such an intense fight? I need something to hype me up, and you're like on the and you go in with five members of five members of your party, holding up four, uh, but you go in with five members of your party, and the beginning is so low and so quiet that you're like, is this the part where he just like kills all but one of my people? Do is there a hype moment? Because the first time you hear it, you're not expecting the hype moment. And out of nowhere, it ramps up and you're like, Yes! I can do this! I can fight! I can win! What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so like, it, it just has like that moment where you're just like, I don't care what's going on, I don't care how big you are, this music is letting me know I'm about to kill you. And it's just it's super cool. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't come before Final Fantasy VIII, so I have to give it to the classic. Uh... God, I, I just want to go with the answer of there is no favorite Final Fantasy song, honestly. Like, there's just so many good songs. Like, I, to this day, there are times where I'll work on homework, and I just throw on the Distant World's entire playlist, 
and just listen to every hit from Final Fantasy that they play. And at the very end, they do like a boss rush of main boss themes. That's cool. And it's like, you sit back and you're like, this is why, this is why I listen to the music of Final Fantasy. It's just too good. So, it's tough. If anyone can actually narrow down like their one favorite Final Fantasy song and like not have to worry about like, oh no, I, I like this one too and I like that, like let us know in the comments down below because I'm really curious to see like, what songs people like because sometimes people like different songs for different reasons like i'm sure some people like two xanarkand because it's like it's calm it's melodic and people just really i still remember when there was a dance group at san jose state that they were dancing during one of our club sports award nights mm -hmm. and the song started playing and i was taken aback i was like hold on now i look around to see if anyone else is like having the same reaction i am i'm like they're playing two Xanarkin from Final Fantasy X. And I'm just like, do you do you not know what song they're dancing to right now? How dare you not know what this song yeah. is? I was just like, and that's the thing about it is like Final Fantasy music does that to you. Where when you do hear it, even if it's a sample of it, you're just like, ooh, my heart. What is this warm feeling in my heart? My heart, my soul. <laughs> so, you know, that's just that's just the thing. Final Fantasy has great characters. And it has even better music. But the other thing about Final Fantasy that's great are the moments. I have two. I have two moments. You have two moments. I have two favorite moments. Give me your two favorite moments from okay. all of Final Fantasy. The first one's from thirteen. Uh huh. And for it's not really a spoiler, but more like a transition in the setting of the game. Mm -hmm. For the entire beginning of the game, right, you're stuck in like the way the world of thirteen is set up is that all the humans live in like this giant artificial sphere thing mm -hmm. and then at one point in the game the main characters get like labeled as like traitors or whatever yeah. and they have to escape into the outer world and in the entire life of every citizen that the outer world the rest of the world is seen as like a land of savagery mm -hmm. right it's the hellscape you leave the sphere you're gonna die you're gonna have a bad time yeah and so when you finally do leave the sphere what you what is presented to you what is shown to you is true is is i guess savage in the fact that it's all nature mm -hmm. true nature is savage but the way they presented to you the angles they used and just like this overview they gave you it was truly truly beautiful mm -hmm. and breathtaking and so that's one of my favorite moments going from like this industrial sci-fi city mm -hmm. and like chase down like all this gray and like dark grime to just all these lush and vibrant colors yeah. and just beautiful nature and the savagery of the natural natural animals the interactions it was great mm -hmm. my other favorite moment is from 15 mm -hmm. and so this is a bit of a spoiler but 15 has been not long enough i yeah. feel like it's okay to talk about let's just go for it so at one point you're trying to travel after i forget after what part this happens like you're trying to travel somewhere by a train mm-hmm and you get to a point where this whole area is just completely frozen over. Even though it's a mountain range, this is like unreal how frozen it is over. The train gets stopped, and you're trying to figure out, well, what the heck's going on? And then, and then the camera like pans over, and you see the corpse of Shiva. Oh man! Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, Shiva's one of my favorite summons to use. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so sad. How come I haven't had Shiva as a summon yet? Like, yeah. And the summons in 15s are truly titans yeah. in every sense of the world mm -hmm. 
Like, doing a summon in 15 as random and awful as it is, when you do get it, it is an experience. Mm -hmm. And to see that the that the, the main, like, the bad guy, 15, was able to fell one of these massive titans yeah. and just the destruction that it wrought, that's the corpse of one of these summons was able to rot mm -hmm. to this whole area. It was like, wow. <laughs> and just, just, and like, a titan, just the corpse of Shiva, mm -hmm. an iconic summon of the Final Fantasy franchise, dead right in front of you. Yeah. Loved it. Perfect. Yeah, I know. I mean, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to that part in 15 yet, but... 15 has some great it's, moments. It's as, perfectly fine, because like, I know when I get there, oh man. It's going to be so good. It has some great moments, as frustrating as that game gets. Yeah, and you know, you just got to learn to fight through the grind. Um, but no, I think both of those are both fantastic moments, especially the 13 moment. Like, I, I really like that you're giving love to 13, because so many people hate on it, and it's just like, you know, unless it's universally hated, which it's not, you know, maybe 13 3, but, you know, oh, like, or even 13 2. I haven't played 13 2. My problem with Lightning Returns is that they did something great, and that combat was fun, yeah. it was interesting, but the time limit mechanic really just kind of ruined it because like mm -hmm. you, you you put all this stuff out there but like I don't because of the time limit I can't explore my heart's content yeah. and that really sucked yeah so that leads to a very disappointing experience but I mean at the end of the day the each section in the game still has something fantastic to give um for me I I didn't want to go with a Final Fantasy 7 moment for this one but I'll go with it anyways. I so I also have two. Um, one of mine is kind of unexpected. I don't think anyone will ever know notice this one coming. Um, but I wanted to give a Final Fantasy one just because of kind of how it hit me and how unexpected it was. And again, for these moments, they're of course spoilers for the games, so apologies. But in Final Fantasy VII, you have a party member by the name of Red Thirteen, who is our furry, fiery-tailed companion. And one of the things that you learn about Red 13 is he has a very messed, not messed up, but he has a very aggressive relationship towards his, like, father. Like, he he just doesn't like his father. Uh, he thinks that his father, like, was a traitor who abandoned them and, like, basically left them to be in the situation that they are. And you kind of feel bad for him, especially for a lot of people, like, young people growing up, because you're just like, dude, I've been there. Like, you know, I know how it feels. I'm so sorry. Like, don't worry, you're part of our family now. Like, we've got you. And even his, like, his, like, caretaker, Bugenhagen, I can't even say his name, Bugenhagen, um, you know, was, like, uh, that new family for him. It kind of reflected this idea of, you know, family is more than just the relatives you're blood-related to. And so it was really cool, but that's not where the moment is. The moment is when you actually find out the fate of what happened to... Red 13 or Naki, uh, what happened to his father. So what happens is you get to the top of uh, basically where they are just to find out that his father didn't abandon them, but his father actually fought off the like tribes that were trying to attack them and he died. Like the spears they used to attack him, they petrified him. And so he's like on top of the canyon basically his corpse petrified over with the spears tail in him and red 13 like realizes like holy crap my father wasn't some terrible person like 
my father actually sacrificed himself to give us a chance to, you know, have something in the future. And it just really hit, because a lot of Final Fantasy VII is very goofy, especially in the early parts of the game, because it's like, you know, your typical fun Japanese RPG type of romp. Uh, but it's at this point where you start to realize, like, holy crap, this game is getting heavy. Uh, and it just, it just hit. It hit really hard. And it was one of my favorite moments because of the fact that it shows that you never really know much about a person unless you change the perspective. Because he could have just continued to be ignorant, but until he had actually saw what happened to his father, then it, like, it wouldn't have changed him. And it wouldn't have changed how the other people react to that as well. So I thought that that was a really like really awesome moment uh that not a lot of people talk about when it comes to like talking about final fantasy 7 of course they talk about cloud and sephiroth and tifa but they never really talk about like red 13's backstory and his relationships and uh things like that um but i have to say the moment non final fantasy 7 related that is by far one of my most favorite moments of all time and i don't see a lot of people talk about it because i don't really expect them to and that's the basically the reset of Final Fantasy XIV. Because Final Fantasy XIV, as we know it today, is technically the second iteration of the game. Last year, it changed a lot with like, the first couple of expansions. So, no. Prior to any expansions, prior to it being called Final Fantasy XIV or Realm Reborn, it was Final Fantasy XIV. Completely different logo, completely different, like, everything. And it was a mess. Like, it was hard to play. Uh, a lot of people had issues with it. The gameplay for it was rough. It was just a calamity. And calamity is a funny word because when they, instead of scrapping the game and saying, like, cool, we're done, like, we're not doing this, they reset the world of Final Fantasy XIV with a calamity. Like, you can find the cinematic online, but they basically unleashed a calamity on the world of Eorzea and just was like, cool, hard reset, boom, everything's dead. And just watching the cinematic for this, it's just so crazy. Because for a lot of times, like when you watch video games, you're like, oh, you know, the world is at an end. Cool, we're in the apocalypse. Like Final Fantasy VI does this, where it's like, cool, the end of the world actually happened. And now we have to live in it and we have to survive and da 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 da, and you play off of that. And we see that a lot in like opening cinematics or halfway through games, things like that happen. But this is an MMORPG. When they did this calamity, it was legit white. Like, they completely redid the entire game. Uh, and it, I, it's just one of my favorite moments, both from Final Fantasy, but also from game development in general. Because in the Final Fantasy sense, it shows you that, like, the things that happen in these worlds have effects. Effects that you may not realize, you know, do things to other people. Smaller creatures, bigger creatures, humanoid folk things like that like everyone's affected by things that happen in the game and it just adds this like nuance to game when you play like open world games in general like you may think oh yeah that side quest i did is just this whatever like it doesn't do any good but when you think back to something like the calamity you're like no people are actually affected by the little things i do and it kind of adds worth to it when you're playing final fantasy 14 because it, you're just like wow the world had to die for me to be able to do something like this. Okay. Um, so it was just really cool. But then also from the developer aspect, it shows like, hey, we're not just going to give you some patch and say, cool, we fixed our game. Like, no, we're going to we're gonna make it an event. Like, we want you to know that this is a completely different game. 
what was originally known as Final Fantasy XIV is dead. Like, you cannot find remnants of it. You'll find videos, sure, but you cannot play the original Final Fantasy XIV. This is the new Final Fantasy XIV. And I, that was just one of my favorite moments of all time, because it also shows that, like, the world of Final Fantasy is ever-changing. And so it could be whatever we want it to be within reason. So I'm actually really excited if they do a Final Fantasy 16 to see, like, what do you do? Do you go back to, like, the old roots of, like, you know, that Eastern knightly type thing? Um, you know, that like, European knight style? Or are they going to do something more modern? Like, push it even further beyond what 15 was? I really like the modern aspect they did with 15. Mm -hmm. I just wish it would make more sense because like there's all these dangerous you know creatures out in the wild yeah. but like how come the towns don't have walls right and they're like their excuses oh well the light keeps the demons away i'm like yeah but, but that doesn't keep out any of the creatures you can fight during the day exactly so uh you know maybe they'll expand on further something like that in the future but we'll just have to wait and see so yeah those those are my those are my moments. Um, and now I kind of want to bring it down. <laughs> I want to bring it a little bit lower. Because we talk about our favorite things when it comes to Final Fantasy. And now I want to talk about kind of our least favorite thing. And this is like least favorite in the entire franchise. So it could be games, books, movies, animation, anything. Like, What's, the, what's your least favorite thing from Final Fantasy? My least favorite thing is that in order to get the full story experience of 15, you have to consume content outside of the game itself. Yeah. You have to watch the, the sixth episode anime. Mm -hmm. You have to watch King's Glaive. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like a, like a, a, a manga they did for it too that you have to Yeah. Read. And I hate that. Like, when I first started it, I was like, cool, you have Noctis and this crew, but then as you're going through, okay, well, who's this guy? Who's mm -hmm. this guy? I have no idea who any of these characters are. What's all this political strife that's happening? What's going on? Yeah. And in order to get all that, you have to consume that outside media. I'm like, I shouldn't have to do that. Precisely. The outside media should expand on it, Yeah. not be something necessary to understand the core plot of the game. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. Uh, I, I think any game that does that is defeating the purpose of the game itself. So, no, I agree. I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I think for me, and I've made this known before, because uh, I think we talked about like games we didn't like and things of the such. Um, but I think for me, my least favorite thing about Final Fantasy, and I don't like, I could touch on the mobile stuff because aside from Omna Opria, which I really love and I wish I could play more of, but I just never have the time. Uh, a lot of the the like Final Fantasy mobile games, and I'm not talking like mobile ports, but I mean like the straight to mobile video games are trash in my honest opinion. Like they're just gotcha mechanics. Mobius is actually pretty fun. Um, the two I play is, is is Final Fantasy Mobius, or I think it's Mobius Final Fantasy, mm -hmm. and then uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Yeah. Uh, Exvius has like its own story that could be pretty fun mm -hmm. if they wanted to actually expand that, but like the gotcha mechanic in it is pretty horrible. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, that's not the worst, though, because, I mean, people are enjoying it. And it's like, for me, if people are enjoying it, then that means it can't be all that bad. You know, not a lot of people have been saying a lot of negative. I've heard a lot of positive, so I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to lay off on this. But one thing that final, like, oh my gosh, Square Enix could have done this, and it could have been the 
so right. It was what we asked for for so long, and they messed it up. And that's the city of Final Fantasy NT. Oh, yeah, you complain about this a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think for all the things I love about Final Fantasy, the city of Final Fantasy NT is the one thing where it's just like, I, I've never been disappointed in buying a Final Fantasy game. Like, that's the thing. I've played good amount of them. I played, oof, four. So, I mean, and by played, I mean I've owned four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. That's a good amount. And that's not even including spinoffs. Uh, or even Tactics or Type Zero and stuff like that. So I've played and owned a fair amount of Final Fantasy games, and not once have I regretted any of them until the City of Final Fantasy NT. And this is coming from the guy, and I... Ugh, I'm not going to spoil the next thing we're talking about. Um, but this is coming from a guy who really likes the City of Final Fantasy. And it's like, to have to finally get the game that I want. Like, I wanted the city on the consoles. I was like, I want to be able to play the city with my friends. Like, dude, bring it to consoles. This is going to be so much fun. Like, you can even make it like Naruto, like Bandai Namco Arena Fighters. This would be the one time I wouldn't be pissed off with an Arena Fighter because it's Final Fantasy. Like, holy crap. It's exactly what I want. I mean, Link hyped this up for so long, too, when yeah. they announced it. Like, oh, man. I was so high. I would always check YouTube. I would keep checking forums. I This is one of the few games that I would just keep checking in for because it was an arcade game first, and then it got sent to the consoles. And I'm just like looking at the arcade stuff, I'm like, oh my god, it looks so good! And then you find out it's 3v3. And I'm like, okay. So kind of like the party system from the City of Duodecim? No, it's 3v3. Each individual character is playing at the same time. Oh. And in order to play story mode, I have to play online for hours to unlock tokens to unlock a chapter in the story. Oh. And I paid how much for this game? Like, it was just very, very aggressive. Very egregious. And it, like, now it's free to play. Like, you can buy the full game or you can pay, or not pay, but you can get the free version of the game and then pay for only the characters and the content that you want. But it's like, honestly, if you're going to do stuff like what they did with the story, that should have been your model from the very beginning. Like, you should have just made it free. And the thing for me is it's like, heck, if you're going to make it free and that's still going to be your model for story, allow the option for us to both, like, just buy tokens to bypass this stuff. Because the thing for me is, like, I don't have good Wi-Fi. So playing fighting games online is horrible. It is a terrible experience. I can't do it. So now you're telling me that because I have bad Wi-Fi, I'm restricted from being able to unlock the tokens to play the story mode unless I play another mode? Yeah, no. It... It took everything we wanted from the city of Final Fantasy and said, here you go, but don't forget the throw-up. There you go. There's a little bit of side, side sauce for you. Uh, and for me, that's just it's my least favorite thing from Final Fantasy. And I wish they could have fixed it. Like, they could have fixed it. They could have just allowed for a 1v1 option. There you go. That would have fixed it. But it, even if they were to fix it, and even if the fix is in there, Damage is already done. Like, it's a cool looking box. I've got the box still. Uh, maybe I'll play the game sometime in the future. Maybe to torture myself, but... And the thing is, it looks so good. 
Like, it's one of the best-looking Final Fantasy games, and it's one of the worst games, as like, at the same time. How do you do that? How do you have the best-looking Final Fantasy game, but also the worst Final Fantasy game? So, that's what hurts when it comes to that one. But, let's bring it to a better positive. And let's end on a good note. Because I talked about what was one of my least favorite Final Fantasy games. But now let's talk about our top three. So, the curiosity is, what's your top three Final Fantasy games? And I think we already know what your number one is. So that means all that's left is number two and number three. So yeah, what are your top three? 13, 8, 15. Interesting. 8. I wasn't expecting that one. I really like 8. Why 8? I like the design. I like how, I, like how, I guess, cute it looks. <laughs> cute. I mean, it's still <laughs> like polygon characters but yeah the way the, way this, the story is nice it's mm-hmm. cool i really like vivi as a character mm-hmm. wait eight or nine isn't wait no i'm getting all confused which one is vivi in nine what's it on yeah yeah nine. nine i mean nine okay i was like eight really all right i mean nine got you okay no that makes more sense then yeah i'm like it's <laughs> a cute style for eight? Okay. <laughs> no, nine. My bad. I was, got you. I got the numbers wrong. No, no, it's cool. It's fine. There's so many of them. I know. Um, but no, yeah. I oh gosh, I agree with you. Uh, nine, especially with like return to form, kind of return to form style. In terms of like that real, real like more fantasy than sci-fi style. Yeah, it makes the smaller figures look a lot better than what we started with with seven. <laughs> Hey, I don't blame it. You know, it's technology of the time. Yeah. And that's why we're getting a remake. I mean, all things considered, the combat models look pretty good mm-hmm. in 7. But 9, just the, just the art style of it. Mm-hmm. I love Vivi as a character. Yeah. And 9. Um, and then 15, just because 15, one of the better looking games, yeah. has some great moments. Mm-hmm. As frustrating as the gameplay gets, and more than three enemies at a time. Yeah. Um, just and how I really hate how linear it gets towards the end, mm-hmm. and how when when all you have is Noctis and just the ring to fight with, so such a frustrating part of the game. Mm-hmm. And you're going through just the same looking corridors, really frustrating. But I still love 15 because the music is great. Yeah. Um, some great moments like when you fight the Adamant toys for the first time. Holy crap! Wait for the first time. Well, I mean, the only time. Oh, I was about to say, I have to fight it a second time? The only time you get to fight the Adamant Okay, I was about to say. Just have a heart attack. When you get that experience for the first time, that's such a, that's yeah, such a great thing to that, experience. That huge chunk that you get. You're like, <laughs> this isn't the Adamant I'm used to! Right? <laughs> uh, just the summons are incredible. Yeah. I love seeing those summons. Especially when you, when you like, the first time you earn that summon. Yeah. So good. And you're just like, I am now God. This is going to be great. Like the whole sequence with Leviathan. Uh huh. Mm. Beautiful. So good. That was such a great moment. Awesome. Um. Yeah. No. I think those three are perfect. I mean, a lot of Final Fantasy. Anyone could say whatever, except for Final Fantasy One. Like, if you say Final Fantasy One is your favorite Final Fantasy, you're lying. Like, you're lying to yourself. It's either that's the only Final Fantasy you've ever played, or you're lying to yourself because there's just so much great stuff that happens after like we're looking at all these games as they change and it's just like come on now let's be serious let's be real with one another 
Um, I mean, speaking of being real, uh, it's really hard because for me it's less of a top three and more of a top four because I cannot deny how impactful Final Fantasy IV is in my life. Because uh, it's like, yeah, I grew up watching my uncle play Final Fantasy VII before I got to play it, but the first, like the earliest to date memory of a Final Fantasy game I remember playing is Final Fantasy IV. And I don't just mean the first time, like, the first iteration of it. I remember playing the DS remake of it, where they had, like, the new 3D models of them. And so I beat the game. I beat two different versions of the game, basically. Um, and it was the game that basically got me hooked, game like, feeling like I was hooked into the gameplay mechanics of Final Fantasy. And so, for me, it was like I had to add that to the list, even though it's not a top three... Uh, it just had to be there. It's kind of like that honorable mention because it's just it was influential. It's is it my favorite? No. Uh, do I really like Cecil? I mean, kind of. I like the idea of like the Dark Knight light paladin kind of mechanic for him. Uh, I love that it introduced Kane. Like, I really love Kane. I love the characters of Four. Um, but you know, it just couldn't break the barrier of the top three. Uh, and when we come to the top three. Number three has to be Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Uh, it, I'm not a fan of MMORPGs. Like, I, I'm just not. Uh, I'm not a fan of MMORPGs, and I'm not a fan of MOBAs. But when I found out that Final Fantasy had an MMO, I was just like, ah, do I want to miss out on this opportunity to play something that could potentially be one of the greatest games I've ever played in my entire life? Uh, I need to actually play because I hate playing MMOs by myself. Well, and here's one of the issues with it. Because the thing is, it's it's called Final Fantasy, so it's a mainline, it's part of the mainline titles, so that's why I thought I was missing out if I wasn't playing it. The problem with 14 is because it's an MMO, it has the subscription-based service. Which I also hate, the fact that I pay, I, I have, I own 14, but yeah. the fact that I had to pay a full price for it, and then play another $60 a month to yeah. play this game, and they only gave you one month free, are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? It was just so irritating. I was like, I don't care about it that much. Right, well, and I did. That was the thing. It, it hurt me because when I first played 14, and luckily when I had bought it, it was during the summertime. So I woke up at like, Jesus, 6 in the morning, maybe even 5.30 in the morning, turned on my PlayStation. And this is back when it was on the PlayStation 3. So I would play it on my PlayStation 3 for pretty much as long as possible up until like 1 in the morning. And then I would go to sleep, wake up at 5.30, 6 o'clock again, repeat the process. And because it's an MMO, there is an obscene amount of grinding. But I liked it, though. That was the thing. Like, Final Fantasy XIV, I loved the grinding. Because every so, you know, every so often, you just get something that makes your character look cooler, that makes the world a lot easier to traverse. You get to hear the music. The music of fourteen is so like, good. I don't mind. I love grinding. I personally love grinding. That's one of the reasons why I like JRPGs. Yeah. I love grinding to that point where you're like, I'm unstoppable. Yeah. Or to the point where it's enough of a challenge. Yeah. Like, I just, I like grinding. It's yeah. fun. And that's the thing. 14 made me fall in love with the grind. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the subscribers, you know, the subscription, the subscription service, it made it really hard for me to stick with it. It's like, I don't got that kind of, like, when I, when I, back when I originally got it, I was like, I don't have that kind of money to exactly. pay $60 a month for this oh, one game, dude. when I have all these other games I want to play. And that's what hurt me. What hurt me was the moment that my 30 days ran out. Uh, it was like, yeah, you have to, like, pay for a month of subscription. And I, you know, 
for people nowadays, it's like twelve dollars. Oh, that's nothing. You can make twelve dollars easily. Like you can do that. But I wasn't making money when I was a young kid playing Final Fantasy fourteen. So it was like I could ask my mom, like, "Hey, mom, can I use your card to pay for a subscription for a game?" And it was like, "No." Well, didn't you pay full price for the game? Yeah. And it's asking for more money to keep playing the game? Yeah. No. Find a different game. So yeah, it, there was no way I was getting sixty dollars on my parents every month yeah. for one game. That's insane. Yeah. It just it hurt. It really hurt. Uh, and I I keep praying every every so often that I hear the news. Final Fantasy fourteen goes free to play. You know, a free-to-play subscription. Because the thing is, they can do it. They honestly could make it free-to-play. They have enough people that will in that game. Yeah, charge people for the cosmetics. They have a feature where you can pay to catch up to the most recent uh, expansion. So you can buy the expansion, and then you can pay a little bit extra to catch up story-wise. So you'll be caught up to the very beginning of that expansion. You get all the XP for it. You get all the cool gear for it. Like, people will give you money... If you give us a free platform to play the game, I would pay for that. I would too, because like when the um, I don't like playing catch up. When the Shadow Break was it Shadow Breakers? No, oh gosh, Stormblood was the samurai one. Uh, when Stormblood came out, I was like, oh my gosh, they introduced finally samurai to Final Fantasy fourteen. I want to play as the samurai. They looked cool, but then I was like, oh, that's right, subscription. And I actually debated on like paying money. Just so I can get one month to play as a samurai. Like this Final Fantasy XIV, and the reason why it's like one of my top games is because it's one of the few, if not the only games I actually suffered. No, it's one of two games, actually. It's one of two games where I suffered video game addiction. I neglected eating, sleeping, and other human necessities just to keep grinding at this game. Oof. And I felt it, it felt good. I did that with Destiny. So, and that's the thing. Like, I don't normally do that with games. Destiny got me good. So, that's why I loved it. I was like, it was a game that broke me in a good way. Um, the other game that broke me was Warframe. Warframe did that for me. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's my number three. And that's a long reason for why it's my number three. And the reason why it's long-winded is because my number two really doesn't need me to go into detail. And that's Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Yeah. Like, Final Fantasy VII is my number two. Uh, some people are like, what? Most people know why. Uh, if you don't know why, then obviously you don't talk to me that often. Or you don't know who I am when it comes to the Gauntlet of Gaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talk about Final Fantasy VII a lot. I talk about it a lot. I don't think I need to go into detail of why Final Fantasy VII is one of my top three favorite Final Fantasy games. Let alone anyone's favorite Final Fantasy game of all time. I mean, it is a generation-defining game. Yeah, and it's for, for a good reason. Yeah, and it's a contender. Like, people to this day still fight about whether Final Fantasy VI or VII is the best Final Fantasy game of all time. It's seven. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people to this day still fight about whether, you know, it's the greatest Final Fantasy game or not. And now it's going to be like, it's seven Remake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so either way, seven wins. Um... But the thing for me is it's like, though I consider it to be one of the greatest Final Fantasy games of all time, it's not my personal favorite because it doesn't allow me to do something that the very first, the number one Final Fantasy game on my list does. My number one Final Fantasy game, of course, has to be Dissidia Duo Destiny Final Fantasy. Because, holy crap, I get to play as 
these heroes and these villains from different Final Fantasy games in one game that has such a great fighting mechanic, awesome stages, the library of music. Like when I used to have my PSP, back when the PSP had a function where you can, um, instead of pressing up on the power switch to turn off the PSP, you could press down and it locks all button features. So your PSP would sit there in a state of standby. All audio would keep playing. So like if you're watching UMD movies, you can put it in lock so you don't accidentally click away from the movie or anything like that. I would put on the music from the city of Final Fantasy and just lock my PSP just to listen. Just to listen to all the music that was playing. I would fall asleep to it sometimes. Like, the city would do it. Like, I talked about how Warframe and Final Fantasy XIV were like the things that got me to suffer game addiction. The City of Duodecim was kind of close to that as well, because when I was growing up with the game, before I ever drove anywhere, if I was traveling, my PSP was out. And if my PSP was out, I was only playing one or two games. That was either Potapon or the City of Duodecim. And so it just—it was just a very important game in my life because of the fact that it allowed me to scratch two itches: my love of Final Fantasy and my love of fighting games. And I think it's worthy of being. Not a lot of people talk about it. And I think the city of NT kind of ruins that. But I think the city of Final Fantasy, specifically Duodecim, is one of the greatest Final Fantasy properties to come out of all things Square Enix. And that's just the facts. So yeah, with that being said, this concludes our podcast of all things Final Fantasy, hype and love. Make sure to answer the question of the day at the very bottom. And if there's any subject that we talked about that you wanted to give your opinions on as well, drop it in the comments. We want to see what you guys are thinking, what you guys are saying. John's probably going to say Crisis Core because he's going to say it's the only game he's played. But you know what? That's fair. You know, that's fair. Tell us about why the Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15 fishing mini game is amazing and why. Tell us why you love it. Do you not? No, I do love it. Oh, here's what to say. I love the fishing game. Yeah, no, I do too. That's like one of the best parts of the game. I think it's fantastic. I wish I could just sit there and fish all day long. Oh, God, we're going to get distracted and talk about the mechanics of Final Fantasy games. Oh, no. Like, why is the mechanics for the fishing mini game better than the actual combat mechanics? (laughs) Ooh. That hurt. But anyways. Because you know it's true. It it is true. Uh, But with that being said, I've been Malik. I've been Santiago. This has been the Gauntlet of Gaming. And remember, these hands are rated E for everyone.